This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result... You'll always be winning with muck delivery, just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Watching Lester Till I Die TV. Every time, don't I? Good evening. How the devil are you? Good night, good morning, good afternoon, good day, goodbye. Hello, welcome along. This is LTID TV from Letter Till I Die, uh, live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And uh, if you want to listen to us on podcast rather than look at my gorgeous face, and well, and the gentleman next to me who has got the gorgeous face, Beauty and the Beast, what can I say? Uh, we'll be getting beauty in, in a second. Um, but if you want to listen to us rather than watch us, and I can't blame you, uh, on all the major podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple, Google, Podcast Addict, and of course we are part of the uh, TalkSport fan podcast as well. Uh, I'm still getting used to not playing the Premier League intro anymore. 
of not playing, having the Premier League background on here. I still have the Premier League trophy. Cost me 300 quid. I'm not getting rid of that. <laughs> Hopefully in a year's time, I might be able to buy a championship one. Who knows? But I'm going to be joined, well, the man the man who knows. Um, there's, there's very few journalists you can actually say know what they're talking about. Uh, everybody, everybody says that whenever they look at me. But this is one gentleman... <sighs> He knows what he's talking about. Some would say old. I would just say knowledgeable. Rob, good evening. Good evening. How are you? I'm not three bad. I'm getting used to um, no longer being a Premier League team. But look, it's yeah. a game of football at the end of the day, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose you have to put it in context, really. But um, relegation does impact on so many people. Um, you know, nine years, nine seasons in the in the in the Premier League, and, it, and what a ride it's been. I mean. Obviously, we did on the athletic the um, investigation into what went wrong, and you know offered our opinions on on various decisions that were made and the issues that cropped up. But we also had to do one um, that to look back over uh, you know the, the time in the Premier League and what a crazy time it, it has oh. been and so eventful. You know, yeah. it's better to burn out than fade away, isn't it? And uh, well, I think it is. That's, that's exactly is. what Leicester have done in the Premier League at the moment, but. I'm confident they'll come back. I mean, let's be honest with you. If you're a Spurs fan, you look at Leicester over the last nine seasons and you'd, you'd give anything to have probably a tenth of what we achieved. You know, if the, the, the rise was as dramatic as it was, you know, winning the title in the second season back in the Premier yeah. League, the decline has been equally so. Yeah. Um, you know, we could see there were signs of problems last season. But they yeah. still finished eighth and got to a European final. Nobody would have really thought, except for Brendan Rodgers, as it turns <laughs> out, nobody had really thought that they would end up struggling to get 40 points on the board this season. But um, yeah. it was a self-fulfilling prophecy in the end, wasn't it? It was. It was. And I suppose, look, I, I, I have my own thoughts about Brendan, but those days are gone now. We have to move on. Yeah. Um, you know, managers like players and I'm sure we're going to lose a lot um, just as we've raided other clubs when they've gone down, Harry Maguire and the likes uh, but yeah. we, we, we we move on and you know we've got to now start looking forward to the future. Well, I think Chris, the club feel that way as well, um, mm. speaking to a few people today um, they feel that now that you know they've had a couple of weeks to lick the wounds and sort of assess what, what happened and, and the, mm. the issues and, and address them but now they just want to move on. And I know we're going to talk a lot about the, the next manager and, and that's yeah. why this appointment is so important because they need to draw a line on, under what's happened, learn from it, of course, yes. but then move on um, and, and plan. And, and and there needs to be some positivity around the club. You know, you can't have a hangover in the championship because it can be a pretty brutal league. I oh. know there's not a lot of quality in there, but there's a lot of fight and there's a lot of challenges ahead. There's some um, big names in there, though, isn't there? Mm. A lot of teams that have been up in the Premier League, yeah, and they've, and and a lot of them have struggled to come back. That's the thing. I know there's there's clubs that have bounced between the two divisions. I mean, Sheffield mm. United are back, obviously. You know, Burnley came straight back up, and that's ideally what Leicester would want to do. But um, you know, there, there's a lot of clubs in there. There's a lot of examples in there of if you make the wrong decisions when you go down and then mm. those parachute payments start to run out uh, and that gap grows, 
it can be very, very tough. I mean, obviously in the Midlands, there's Stoke and yeah. uh, Birmingham City, but there's also Hall. You know, there's, there's loads of them that West Bromwich Albion. There's loads of them that have been there, and and they've all at some point been pushing in the top ten in the Premier League, chase the dream. And I think um, the one thing about Leicester, and I, I did. Do write this in my, this in my intro for one of my articles was that normally when a, a club gets relegated, there's a lot of bitterness from the fans because they blame a lack of uh, ambition from the ownership. I think the opposite's true here. I think they've just overreached. They've they've yeah. um, flown too close to the sun, uh, at a t- uh, and and things have transpired against them in terms of COVID. You know, that I think was the big, the big thing, wasn't it? Um, and just and they've made say, mistakes as well, though, haven't they? Chris? They did. They oh, they did. They did. Mm. You know, and I think that they would hold their hands up. Um, mm. Just to go through a few hellos, Blue Fox uh, is talking there about Scott Parker that will come on to uh, Heather. You were second, I'm afraid, but you're my daughter, so I'll let you be mm-hmm. first because I'm, I'm after my Father's Day present, which is the which is the new retro Leicester shirt. Uh, Richard Cox is in, uh, West Ham fan. Uh, congratulations on the Europa Conference League. Um, what about your fans though? Throwing stuff. Ah, oh, embarrassing. But look, you know, every club's got them. All I will say, Richard, is enjoy it because West Ham are literally copying everything Leicester do. We have a good season. You were a season behind us. Last season, or the season before last, we got to a European semi-final. We looked reasonably you know, eighth in the Premier League, and it looked happen next season. So <laughs> we'll see you next season in the Championship, Richard, if we're still there. But no, mate, well done on winning the, the trophy. Spencer's in, and as his Facebook user. Got to say, first of all, if nobody is subscribed to Athletic, please do. I did say it at the start that uh, there's very few journalists that you that you read and you think that they know what they're talking about. You said, Rob, Rob uh, certainly one of those. And I, I believe you're still doing the pound a month for the first six months. So get over there, check it out. On We have uh, lots of offers. Yeah, we have lots of special offers coming yes. up because we want to get subscribers in. And since yeah. we've been taken over by the, the New York Times as well, there's been... Um, you know, a, a lot more of that, that sort of strategy as well to get subscribers in as well and try and make it as affordable as possible for fans. Yeah, but it is really, really good read. I'm, I'm subscribed, so uh, do do follow my example. Um, right, let's have a look at, well, the reason we're here, have a look at some of the managers. And you're quite right to say that we did live the dream and we could have very easily gone the way that Leeds went when they tried to live the dream. And I think... We, we came closer than perhaps I thought we would do to that, but we're going to lose players. You know, we're not we're not in a in like a, a a fire sale that Leeds were when they went down. But look, we've gone down. We've still got a club. Uh, you know, Derby went down. They nearly went out of business. Coventry didn't have a ground for ages. We've still got all that. So it's not completely black, is it? No, I, I, honestly, that they're, they're not in that bad a position. I mean. I know there was a lot of speculation in some other parts of the media about um, redundancies around the club. It's not my understanding. All the cuts are going to have to be made on the football side. So there will be a lot of players. There'll be a lot of trading, a lot of players leaving um, this summer. But um, I think the rest of the club and the investment in um, Seagrave and the the stadium project and around that, that will still go ahead. The club's still planning long-term. They're not shrinking. 
this is a setback. Uh, it's a big setback for them, yes. and one they never foresaw. But I still think they they they've got a strategy to 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 get back up and to build the club and to build the club's revenue, which is the most important thing. Because then, when your revenue grows, you can invest more in the team, you can invest more in wages, you can invest more in those contracts yes. um, that they've been paying out for a while now under Brendan. I mean, uh, that's the one thing I did note about it under Brendan. The level of contracts these players were being um, offered, you know, it was taking them to obviously the seventh highest wage bill in the Premier League. But because of yeah. COVID and everything that happened, the revenue couldn't grow to the same extent. That's yeah. why we got to the situation where for suddenly financial fair play becomes an issue. It wasn't an issue a few years ago no. before COVID. They weren't even considering financial fair play. And then suddenly you get to that point and they're going, hang on a second. If our goal is to qualify for Europe every year and they put it in their annual statements every year, you know, mm. they want to aspire to be in European football every year. And then UEFA turn around and say, well, we've got some new FFP plans now, uh, profit and sustainability rules that mean it's 70% of your revenue that you're allowed to spend. And that's why Leicester we were on the watch list were put yes. on the watch list for UEFA. So they, that's why they pumped the brakes. That's why they pumped the brakes on the investment, but they still should have had enough play, quality, talent, uh, characters in that squad to be nowhere near the position they, they, they found themselves in. As I always say, you're never too good to go down, but you can be too bad to stay up. But mm. Uh, mm. Let's have a look at who's been linked. And, you know, I mean, a lot of my personal thoughts will probably come out during this. Uh, but the first one is, thank God, I mean, we had a, we had a near miss sort of when we took Dean Smith on with uh, a certain American um, mm. gentleman. But this one, um, Stephen Gerrard, uh, I've called him there, Slippy G, bless him. No. Uh, I think it's been confirmed today. He's, he has actually finally, he's gone to Saudi Arabia. Yeah, I don't think that was really one that was um, seriously considered. I mean, this is, this is the thing about what I just said about Leicester and being still in a decent position in terms of the, the way the clubs run and the aspirations of the club. Um, so there'll be a lot of, of, of managers, a lot of managers that will fancy that job still, even though mm. it's a massive job to rebuild this squad. And, and I'm sure he would have been one of them to... Uh, try and rebuild his managerial reputation, not a, a reputation as a player because he was one of the yeah. finest we've ever produced, but yeah. uh, his managerial reputation after his experience at Aston Villa. Um, but, uh, you know, that he would have been a, no a number of those that would have been pushed. I mean, this is, this is what happens when you've got a vacancy at a club like Leicester City. Um, you get suddenly a lot of agents that see an opportunity and they will... John Rookin's phone will be red hot. They will be ringing him all the time, pushing candidates, suggesting he's perfect for you, the way they play, they set up their team. Uh, he'll get the most out of the players that are already at the club, they'll tell him. It's like a sales pitch. Hmm. Uh, and so I'm sure uh, St Stephen Gerrard would have had his representatives contacting John Rudkin and going, look, he's perfect for you, the way he goes about it. Look what he did at Rangers. He, you know, that would have happened. And that's quite often when you see these names appear in the media. Yeah. It's because some of those representatives will 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 let that out. They'll say, yeah. look, because it helps their cause. So uh, they'll say, look, he, he he's ready to go. You know, he's he, he's up, up for this job. So, you know, you, you run that story, Stephen Gerrard for, 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 for Leicester City. But 
you know, what John Rookin's got to do is take a step back and just assess all of these guys dispassionately and pick the right one because it's such an important, it's probably the most important appointment that I can remember in my time covering yes, Leicester definitely. City in the 13 years now. Because it can go one yeah. or two ways, can't it? And I think it's got to be, I mean, you could look at it several ways and like, we'd, have, we'd take a short-term manager on just to get us back. But I think it's got to be somebody that's got a, you know, we can look at for a long-term project. Yes, because yeah. it's not just about just getting back to the Premier League, it's staying yeah. in the Premier League yes. again. And, yeah. and all those sides that before Leicester had gone past and eased past, um, you know, you, you they just you, you've got to catch them up again now. They've they've started to go into the distance. Yes, yeah. I know I mean, somebody just mentioned about John Rook in there, yeah. this is a, yeah. of him, but he he's still got to be the guy that does the job, and he did the job pretty pretty well before. Unfortunately, I think to be honest with you, yeah. I mean, I've I've done several shows here, and I I do one called Life's a Pitch, which is basically where I come on, I can just rant for half an hour and then go off. Um, and look, we we've had that, we've had all the well, you know, how much blame does Susan take, does does John take, and all of those. But look, it, I think we've come past that now, and mm. now we're at the point where we have to come together now and try and well, not try, yeah. but we've got to make sure we get together. And keep yeah. together. In regards with Stephen Gerrard, I mean, my memories, they, I've got to be honest with you, my thoughts on Stephen Gerrard are probably dulled a bit by alcohol mm. because I did spend New Year's Eve with a Rangers fan. And he wasn't, he wasn't very complimentary, shall yeah, we just say, about Stephen Gerrard. Mm. So uh, probably had my, um, yeah, my, my memories a bit dulled by the... the Bottle and a half of gin we managed to yeah. get through. But hey, it was New Year's Eve. What yeah, can I yeah. say? But no, I, th- I think he needs to, if he's serious about his managerial career, I mean, obviously he's going to Saudi, so he's going to get a lot of money, but it's yeah. not going to enhance his reputation. Um, yes. If he'd taken a right a side in the championship, not not Leicester, but you know, one that really need rebuilding a project mm. uh, and built them up and took them into the Premier League, then I think people could start talking about him as being a serious contender. Yeah. Now, the one man that we're probably not going to get, but I think that we all, well, especially the Leicester board, would like, and I think a lot of fans would like. And I've had to kind of um, get quite overweight on Humble Pie here, because when when he was at Brighton last season, or the season before last, I said, yeah, everybody's going mad about him, next England manager. I said, he's not all that, is he? Um, And I think... Whilst he may, you know, look and think, well, I've got a Premier League job in me still, I think he had his fingers burned at Chelsea. And I understand him going to Chelsea. You don't turn those sort of jobs down because you don't know when it's going to, you know, you're going to be offered another one. It's a bit like the England job, you know, when it comes, you, you know, you grab it. But I read a piece today and it said, like, he's just not sure about dropping a division. And I do understand that. But Leicester, to me, when I look at it, it's almost the perfect fit for him if only we hadn't gone down. Yeah. I I think if they'd stayed up, you might have seen him in the hot seat. You might have seen him as the the next Leicester City manager. Um, From what I hear, he he, he, he is taking a bit of time out of the game. Uh, I think the Chelsea experience um, burnt him a little bit. Yeah. Perhaps he feels now to get to that level again, he's got to go away now and sort of like reflect and, and study 
other coaches, other techniques, um, become a more rounded and complete coach, um, go and spend some time at some other clubs, which a lot of managers do when they're out of work. You know, it's a profession. So, you know, you've got to study and you've got to work hard. Uh, perhaps he's in that space right now. Uh, if Leicester had, had stayed in the Premier League, perhaps it might have been perfect timing for him to jump straight back in mm. and learn on the job. But um, And it would have been a you know, similar sort of situation to the to, to one he had at, at Brighton. But um, mm. no, I, I think that, that, I, that I know Leicester have always wanted him. Yeah. He was the natural successor to Brendan. They've always had a succession plan uh, for mm. players and for managers. And when Brendan came in, Graham was the next one. That was that. That was how they were going. But it just hasn't. The timing hasn't been right. So no. No, I don't think we'll see Graham Potter. I'd be surprised. Never say never. But no. I'd be surprised if he I mean, <laughs> changes his mind. You know, they would still be having conversations with his representatives. Don't don't you worry about it. Probably on a daily basis. Two, two words, way. Claudio Ranieri. You know, you never know what's coming left field, do you? Well, no, <laughs> and, and that's a perfect example. I mean, this feels very similar to me. This process it feels similar to that when Nigel left. That that was for non-footballing reasons. And they had other targets. They had n- number one, number two, number three targets. I mean, they were trying to get Gus Hiddink, Martin O'Neill and various other um, top-level coaches to come in at the time. Claudio was the first one to throw his hat in the ring publicly. And then we had this like two or three week sort of scenario, which culminated in that precky night. I mean, we spoke to, we spoke about this earlier, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, Precky night with this this obscure coach in America that suddenly the odds were slashed on him, and we were all tuning into his press conference online <laughs> to see because he was coming to a, a special project in England. Um, you know, we, we, we you you will have these sudden spurts of of rumor and speculation mm. that which affects the markets and stuff like that. But then they went back round to Claudio. Yeah. That, um, that, uh, that Chris Forian at 30 to 1, I thought was really a good, a good bet. Don't know yeah. why he didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I never Did you have any money on that. <laughs> I should have done, should I? <laughs> Who knows? Hey, at 5,000 to 1, you never know, Will Esther. <laughs> uh, everybody's asking about different managers in the chat. Guys, I'm, I'm not going gonna, gonna to stop putting them up because we are going to go through as many managers as we can, as you're seeing. But. The thing for me with Graham Potter is, and I understand what you're saying, because that's very much what um, Eddie Howe did, you know, when he left Bournemouth. And obviously I live down just outside Bournemouth. So I kind of know, I've seen Eddie Howe come in and what he did at Bournemouth. Then he went away and he learned, you know, from some very good managers and he went around different clubs. And maybe Graham feels he needs to do that. Um, For me, I, I look at this and think, well, maybe this is a, chance for him to because he'll be given longer than he was at Chelsea if he comes to Leicester and that might be a chance for him to rebuild his career and get that back on track because it has been damaged a little bit at Chelsea and we all know that it was you know he didn't get to pick which players were coming in and it was like you know a a scene from Zulu when it was training because he had that many players it was just a strange situation for him to find himself in at Chelsea but he could it could restore you know to come to Leicester which as you say still a fantastic setup still a very um you know a job that a lot of people would want he could just take that and rebuild his reputation with us yes and and I'm sure that would be what the club would be telling him but uh, if he feels it's not right for him at the moment, 
then there's not a lot you can you, you can do about it. I mean, it might be one of those that's never destined to be, but um, yeah, I just know that they like him that much that they 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 would really try and invest in him um, to, to to do the job. Um, uh, who knows? Who knows? Will they well, have their limit? Do you think the club? Do you think they say right? This is X amount of pounds, but that's it. Oh yes, they have to. Yeah, because obviously now everything's changed with financial fair play, where mm. you could record 105 million pounds worth of losses over three years in the Premier League. Yeah. Uh, it's a third of that in in mm. the, the Championship, so they have to cut costs massively. Brendan Rodgers was the the highest paid. He was he didn't earn 10 million pounds a year, by the way. No, I've seen that rumor so many times. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, he was the highest paid manager in the club's history. They invested a lot in him. Not only did they invest in his his contract in his backroom team, the money they gave Celtic to get him out of his contract, but yeah. the contracts they gave the players under him that he fought for. You know, there was a lot of investment in Brendan. They spent more money under Brendan than they spent under any other manager before. Mm. Um, they can't do that now. They, they've got to rein it all right back. That's why there's going to be a lot of departures um, this summer. There's going to be a lot of cut into the wage bill. Players coming in are a lot less than they are now. A lot of the players have now taken pay cuts in their contracts, clauses in their contracts as well. So the manager's situation will still be... I mean, obviously, the manager will still be very, very well paid. Yeah. But it, it will still be um, a situation where, you know, they, they can't just offer him silly money to no, come in. No. So it, it won't be a financial decision for Graham because yeah. he's obviously got a massive payoff of Chelsea. Yeah, it'll be it'll be whether he fancies the job. Yeah. Now, Highfields has said here, um, we'll come on to this one. Actually, that's great timing, Highfields. Scott Parker, 49, 49 odds on to take the helm, and we're going to talk about Scott Parker. Yeah. I got uh, I got a very called a very small man's part earlier in my group because I suggested that uh, Scott Parker was a bit of a disaster. Um. I, I've got a friend who's a Fulham fan who has not got a good word to say about him. Mm. And I've got, uh, well, I live outside Bournemouth. So as you can imagine, a lot of my friends are Bournemouth fans who don't have a lot of good things to say about him either. And yet the points that a few people are being made is he has got teams out of that division. But mm. if it's got to be a long-term investment, which we talked about before, we don't just want a manager that's going to, get us out of that division, do a Brendan to some degree and throw players under the bus and or or take us straight back down again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Scott is one that's going to be, he's going to be considered. He is definitely going to be considered because of his record in terms of, he's available. Uh, he, he's got uh, Fulham and Bournemouth into the Premier League. Obviously, it's not worked out so well when he's got them up. But, the priority for Leicester is to get back. Mm. That is, then they can build. Perhaps then, you know, they can go for other targets if they make that decision. But they can't offer him too much money. Then that it costs them a lot of money to 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 pay him off. But I think he's still got a chance. He was somebody that they've been they've spoken to, so you know he he's he's on the radar. He's on the list, certainly. And and the fact that he's got um, promotions before will. Uh, have resonated with the board. My one worry would be his the way he spoke at the start of the season about the Bournemouth team mm. felt very similar to Brendan, how yeah. he was talking. 
about a lack of investment. We needed more help. We needed more players. I mean, Brendan saying this isn't the club that I joined originally, or you know, those sort of moments. That that's that's negativity. And Leicester don't need negativity now. They need positivity. Yeah. They need somebody who's going to come in and go like Claudio did. Come on, let's yeah. go. You know, you know, it, it was that was the big thing about Claudio. Uh, uh, you know, whatever people had, uh, had, I mean, they all said this is going to be a disaster. It's never going to work. But he was so positive. He just lifted everybody. And then when there was momentum and they started to, to win games and they started the season well, and that mm. positivity just cascaded. And it's just the way that this the rot set in at Leicester this season and, and they couldn't stop it. It's, yeah. it's a very similar thing. So he needs to have learned from that. Um what, when he come out and he was talking that way, he was asking for the sack. Yeah, and there was times at the start of the season where I felt like Brendan was doing the same. So we, yeah. you can't go down that road again for, for Leicester. Yeah. They need positive vibes coming into this club. Somebody that's just going to get fire everybody up. I've, I've got to say, and I always say this in my defence when we talk about Claudio. Uh, I was one of the few. I actually was quite pleased to see Claudio come in. Uh, probably say, yeah, but he's never won anything. He's only ever got teams to second and third. I went, well, we're Leicester. If he gets us to second or third, I'll be more than happy. And, of course, he did better. And I know it's a bit of a cliche, but we're looking at, you know, a lot of the managers here that that are going to be names are going to be coming up are, are, are ones that have been sacked for whatever reason. And I know there's no other industry like this where you know you can be sacked from one job and then two two weeks later you're in a, you're in another job again. But should we not be looking at somebody who is actually in work now? Uh, I mean, you know, he didn't last a full season even at Club Bruges. If somebody's still in a job, does that? I know it might cost us a little bit more because we're going to pay compensation, but at least that proves they're doing a good job. Yeah, their stock is higher. Yes, you're mm. right. I mean, it's, I don't know if he, what's on your slides, but John Dahl Thomason at Blackburn yeah, Rovers. He's coming up, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, favorites, yeah. Yeah, well, we'll talk a little bit more about him when he comes up. But yeah, obviously, he his stock is rising. And I was mm. very impressed with his side when they knocked uh, Leicester out of the FA Cup because it felt like I was watching a Leicester performance. Yes. It was yeah. high intensity, pressing, uh, pressing as a unit. And I thought, mm, this is interesting. This is interesting. And I know that, again, there's there's been suggestions from agents and uh, sources outside the game, uh, within the game, sorry, but outside the club, that will be whispering in John Rudkin's ear about that. But yeah. it's whether they want to go down that road in terms of compensation, negotiating, yeah. because they need to get somebody in sooner yeah. rather than later for yeah. all the work that needs to be done. I mean, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say hi to Craig, who I was actually speaking to earlier, and I'm going to, well, I was trying to get him onto a show earlier and, and possibly uh, seeing what happens over the next few days. A Bournemouth fan, uh, he runs uh, up the cherries in all departments, which is a Bournemouth fan channel, uh, and he said there, don't bring in Scott mm. Parker. And he says the only job he's good at. Not sure it was just been man or a postman. It was one of the two, but they had nothing nice to say about him. Uh, and that's coming from, like I say, a bo- a, and they, they, he brought Bournemouth up. But then again, he was the reason why I said that we were going straight back down again. So uh, from, from the horse's mouth. Now, this next one, uh, I tend to think he's maybe he's missed the boat because I think if he was going to keep the job, I think this could have been decided already. Uh, and that's Dean, Dean Smith. Yeah. I mean, I like the guy. Yeah, um, he's a nice guy. 
he calls a spade a spade. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, when you look, I think the success that Thomas Frank's having at Brentford is based on what you know what he set up and what he put in. I could be wrong. That's just my the way I see it. Villa, he got them promoted. Um, he turned Jack Grealish into a, a billion pound player. Um, all right, he couldn't keep Norwich up, but when they sacked him, Norwich were in a better position than they ended up at the end of the season. Yeah, um, and he got you know in eight games, I think it was only ten percent less points than uh, Brendan Rodgers got in twenty eight games. So, yeah. and of course, he, he's got. There's the team. There's not just him. There's Craig Shakespeare and John Terry. Have has the moment gone for him? Do you think? <sighs> It, well, he's he's in contention, hmm. but as we speak, I, I think they probably would prefer a fresh outlook of somebody to come in completely change um, certain aspects about um, the club at the moment. But I think he's he's seriously in the conversation, or has been in the conversation, because I think I, I, I suspect that John's quite close. John Rookin will probably be quite close to making his decision. Uh, as we speak, um, but Dean has spoken to the club. He's had a, a sit down with them, and I mean, it was very awkward for him and for us in the press conferences because you know we couldn't ask him questions. Well, we did ask him questions, but we couldn't ask him questions about what had gone on before and expect an answer because he wasn't there. Yeah. And we couldn't ask him questions about the future because he didn't know whether he was going to be there. Yeah. So it was very much in the moment. Um, and he can't. It was very difficult difficult for him to express opinions in that in in that because he had eight games. He just had eight games. I mean, this is the big flaw about the season, and the, one of the biggest mistakes that, um, that that the club made was probably not making the decision on Brendan earlier to give the man coming in more time to get a bounce, yeah. to get a reaction, and get something going. But I, I still think though that they. Might might have other preferred options uh, yeah. ahead of Dean, but if they end up with Dean, he's a great sort of backup. I think, mm. as you you know, as you pointed out, he did get Villa up via yeah. the playoffs. That would complete the set, wouldn't it? For let's yeah. get up via the playoffs again <laughs> uh, in the last few years. Um, oh, I don't you know, think my heart would do. Would no, but they, they're going to put you through it, Chris. No, you know that. Yeah, um, that's true. Yeah, you know, it's not, it's not good. For you. All, Being it? a Leicester fan, it is not going to be good for your health. No, but no. Um, yeah, I think he's a, he's a, a serious option for them. With shaky, he knows the club inside out, and he's a very respected coach, and I mm. think un, undervalued coach as well. I think he's an excellent coach. Uh, it, the John Terry X factor um, that that remains to be seen whether they would have John Terry as well. Mm. Uh, he's got his own aspirations. But, you know, given a bit of time, a chance to rebuild the team in a pragmatic way, perhaps they might be able to get the job done. Um, yeah. So if he is the man that they, they end up appointing because others have turned it down, I, I wouldn't be too disheartened. No, I mean, I, I, you know, I think it's difficult to judge him on eight games in, you know, it was like, you know, 10 minutes before it struck the iceberg, asking someone just to take over being the captain of the Titanic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it's a complete, you know what's going to happen. Um, I I do wonder if we, if Dean would have been as welcomed if he hadn't got Craig Shakespeare with him. But, you know, what it, they came as a team. And so we accept, you know, accept them as a team. 
John Terry, yeah, he's got his own aspirations, but you know, he he's been knocked over by by Seagrave and, and the facilities there, so mm-hmm. he may decide it's a way to rebuild his. Um, well, he, he likes a round of golf, doesn't he? And there's nine holes <laughs> down at Seagrave, so there's plenty of opportunities for him. But yeah, so, yeah I, I mean, I think. Again, and Dean probably find this throughout his whole career, to be honest. Um, Leicester probably had other options that he probably preferred for the interim manager. And they sounded out a number of candidates uh, who either didn't fancy the fact that it was the possibility of dropping into the championship and didn't want to be a short-term appointment. They wanted to be long-term. And at the time, Leicester couldn't commit to a big contract, you know, yeah, in case they, they went down. So... Dean, Dean turned out to be the, the option that they chose because he was willing to come in and do it on a short-term basis and give it his all. You know, yeah. he had nothing to lose. So mm-hmm. uh, I applaud him for that. And um, he he was um, a pleasure to deal with, actually, as well. I always say, I don't think that you would ever... I would never look at that and go, he's got our allegation on his CV. Well, he obviously has, but, you know, he, he couldn't really do much in the time. He did as, he did as well as, I think... He could have done. But look, we've already mm. looked at one ex-Club Bruges manager and another one that's been linked. And here, here's where it gets interesting because you've got to put up with my pronunciations now. Carl Hoofkins, is it pronounced? Oh, yeah. Okay, this is a new one. This mm. is one that's um, only just really been thrown into the yeah. mix in the last couple of days, possibly. Yeah. Even the last day. Yes. So, yeah, um I think I just think they need I, I just think they need somebody with experience. Yeah. Somebody who's done the job who 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 come because this is a big job. This isn't just somebody coming in and 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 taking over a team that expects to be in the championship for a few years and, and has got time to to completely rebuild and you know they're going to be given 2 3 years to get everything going and the fans are going to be happy with that and this is a different scenario. Leicester expect to, to bounce back or go close to bouncing back mm. at the first attempt. There's too much at stake. Yes. And that's why I think um, that they will go for somebody with more experience. Mm. Uh, might not be English experience, but it might be uh, experience, certainly, of, of building teams and, and um, squads and getting a reaction instantly. So... Um, uh, I'm not. It's not one that I've heard being mentioned to me. Put no. it that way. Uh, uh, Blue Fox has said here, "Would you take him, Chris?" I'm very much in, in agreement with, with with you, Rob. Uh, I I think it's very risky to take somebody that's never had any experience of English football into the Championship, where you know it's not like we've been in the Championship five or six seasons. And you know we're mid table, and we know it's where it's where we are. You know we need we need somebody that knows that division, that knows how it works. And I just don't think he's got got that experience. You know, but uh, but then look, whoever we get in, we're not going to please one hundred percent of the fans. Are no, we? you won't. No, you won't. Whoever comes in. No, and here's, here's another one, Enzo. Yeah. Um, another one that intrigued me. Started um, again. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but when you can't play away, there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Muck Delivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, is he the sort of man, as you mentioned, you know, his, his non-managerial job wasn't, you know, ending in uh, in trumpets and fanfares, did it? And is that the sort of football, because obviously it's going to come Pep style, but is that the sort of football that we need to get, that we need to play to get out of the, the championship? That would come completely out left field if uh, Enzo Maresca got the job. I know he's been widely tipped by other media outlets uh, as being somebody they would consider. And, and again, he might have representatives who are uh, pushing his name forwards. You know, he's he's obviously ambitious. He's he's had a spell briefly as as a, a manager himself at Parma. Didn't go that well. I think he averaged just over a point a game of 14 games, I think he had. Yeah. So it's it's not the greatest CV to put forward for a job like this, in my opinion. Uh, but yeah, that, that, you know, it probably, it's probably a name that's been uh, whispered in uh, John Rudkin's ear uh, and, and pushed. And, 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 and the fact that he's been linked with Celtic and Leeds would suggest that they are quite active in, yes. in, yeah. in pushing him as well. And, I would, again, I would be very surprised. Um, I mean, Mikel Arteta did very well. Yeah, he said Endo will have Pep on speed down and they do have some good under-23 players. I mean, yeah, I guess... you, Yeah, you've still got to manage those players and get the best out of them. And, and mm-hmm. I don't think a, a team full of under-23s are going to get you out of the, of, of the championship. No. When you look at the team that Leicester had... Yes. When they got up, you know, they had Dean Hammond, Ke- um, Kevin Phillips, uh, Martin Wasilewski. You know, there were some ex- serious, experienced players yeah. in that West Morgan. You know, the, the lads that went on and did what they achieved in the Premier League. Yeah. That wasn't a team full of kids. No. So, you know, you, you can have t- one or two, three or four, but you can't have a, a full team in that level. Right. I don't want to sound like Alan Hansen here. <laughs> you can't win anything with kids, but um, can you? Re- I was writing that down then. <laughs> I know, but you know, you've got, have, you've got to have you've got to have you've got to have a bit of experience, game management, and you've got and to have manager. A lot of the experience are players that we're going to be losing. You know, we have to accept that, and we've got to accept that. We you know we a we probably can't afford to keep them, and b there are we know there's a lot of average players on very high wages. And we've got our own youngsters coming through as well, haven't we? So the yeah. one two that we need, we can, you know, probably, you know, blood from our own our own youth. Um, yeah, own youth yeah. There is there is some talent in the club. Unfortunately, they're they're injured. 
Well, yes. Will Alves and Sammy Braybrook. Uh, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm intrigued to see if Ben Nelson gets a, an opportunity next season because Leicester obviously need um, a centre back. You know, Charles yeah. gone. Uh, Vestergaard has got to go this summer. <laughs> uh, yeah. Ben Nelson's had a couple of loan spells. He's got a bit of experience now. Whether it's time for him to step up because he, I know he's the one that they, they, a lot of them think. He could he could become a good player. I know they love Will Alves. Yes, they th- think if he, once he learns the game, uh, he's got the natural ability. Uh, but he he that was a horrendous injury that he yeah. had. So yeah. um, I mean, it didn't just like these ACL. There was all sorts of damage going on in his knee. Wow. So uh, hopefully, yeah. um, he 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 will come back not not too far away. You know. It won't be for the start of the season. It won't be for pre-season. But him and Sammy could be back in training around well, September. Well, hopefully, time. Uh, whoever we do get in won't have uh, the same sort of um, Doctor Howell Shipman sort of effect on the players mm. in training because we do seem to get more injuries yeah. from there. But yeah. the next one coming up, um, Frank Hayes, is it? Hayes? Mm. I'm not sure, but he's actually in a job at the moment at Lance. Um But again. No English football experience. So I don't actually necessarily think that's too much of a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just that experience of being able to bring in players. What what would he know about the market uh, that Leicester yeah. are going to have to be in at the moment? Mm. Um, possibly, yeah. He's not again. He's not one that that somebody's told me about. But um, uh, he would be an interesting option. He would be an interesting option. Some of these are, I must admit, at the far end of the <laughs> the scale of us actually getting somebody in. But, look, I, but this is where Leicester are at because they've got so many options. And as I said at the start of the show, hmm. they they will have a numerous names thrown at them. The phone will be going all the time. How about this guy? How about this guy? Because it's a massive step, even though it's the championship. You know, it's the, I think it's the fifth or sixth richest league. In Europe, yeah. so um, yeah, it's a sixth, I think it is. I mean, you've got France, Spain, Italy, Germany, Premier League, yeah, sixth richest league in Europe. Yeah. So, you know, it's an opportunity for any uh, budding coach mm. across Europe to come into the, the, the championship. I mean, look at Vincent Company, yes, you know, he, he left <laughs> Anderlecht, which was pretty yeah. much guaranteed Champions League football, um, mm. to come and do Burnley in the championship. So yeah, that that, that there will be done. numerous managers. I'm sure. I'm sure he's looking at the fact that Pep's just said he's got two years left on his contract. He's thinking, yeah, I can stick at Burnley for two years. Well, let's know. see what he does in two years at Burnley. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Because every football club goes in a cycle. It's how do. you manage the end of the cycle. Brendan now, can't manage the end of the cycle. I know it will be interesting, but then again, Burnley is only just down the road from Manchester, so <laughs> yeah. Well, we mentioned this guy earlier, and I suppose if I've if I if I had a spare fifty quid, this is the guy I would put put, put him not putting me money on to get it, but putting me money on of wanting him. And mm. if Danny Zinn, who is is a good friend of mine on here, and he, but he is a Burnley fan, he's going to hate me for saying this, but I really do like this guy, John Toll yeah. Thomason. He's obviously played in the in English football. Uh, he's he's managed at Blackburn Rovers. Missed out on the playoffs, but he's got the experience as you can see there. You know, for Malmo, 
Denmark with the national team, Vitesse as assistant manager. Um, I really, really wouldn't mind at all if we got uh, got John Dahl. No, I don't think he would be a bad appointment. I think um, he's he's slowly built his reputation. Mm. He's he's done. I mean, as you go as you go back to, you know, his early experiences. I mean, back to two thousand thirteen. You know, he's done his apprenticeship. So, uh, and and as I said, when I saw his Blackburn team, and I've seen him a few times, not just when they played Leicester, you know, watched a bit of Championship myself, and uh, I quite liked the style of play. I thought it suited Leicester. As I said earlier, it looked like Mm -hmm. a Leicester performance in the FA Cup. uh, uh, Well, a previous Leicester performance. Um, No, I don't think he would be a bad appointment at all. I, 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 I certainly wouldn't be discouraged if they decided to get to go down that road. But uh, yeah, he would be a good one. He would be a good one. And like you say, he's done his apprenticeship. He's worked his way up. He's, you know, he's not like just gone in and then, I'm sorry to say this, but, you know, he's not done a Lampard, if you like, and gone straight in and, and struggled. He has worked his way up slowly. I mean, obviously he was at Newcastle when he was in the in, 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 playing in England, but he only had 23 games there. But, mm. you know, when you look at the where he, he's played after Newcastle, it was Feyenoord, but he had 76 games at AC Milan. And I know that's playing and it's not managing, but it's knowing those divisions, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it, it's it's knowing different types of, of footballer. No, it's knowing different environments, different tactics, different approaches, how to, how to manage different characters. That's what you're after at the moment because there's yeah. such a, a mix in that squad at Leicester at the moment. And 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 as I said, a number are going to go, a number are going to come in. But they, they need to get the manager in pretty quickly. And if it's going to be John Dahl, they need to do some serious negotiating with Blackburn. Mm. Now, I, I know that um, he's one that maybe uh, has been pushed towards Leicester because uh, they see that as a step forwards. But um, yeah, whether whether John will whether they want to go and like pay compensation to get him out of his contract at Blackburn, whether Blackburn would entertain uh, doing a deal with a potential uh, promotion rival, yeah, that that that's the that's the complication in that one, I think. No, no, there's, well, there's always going to be a complication. There, yeah, normally Let's, is. Well, no, it, when, when there's players, at, uh, well, sorry, players, managers out of work. Well, yeah. Who are yeah. keen to get in. Yeah. They, they, you know, they're all pushing for it. When there's a guy that's in contract, yeah, you know, it's, it's it, because obviously Blackburn are on the up. Uh, yeah. You know, they, they, they weren't that far away considering their budget in the championship. I mean, he worked on a really tight budget in the Blackburn at Blackburn last season. They, I think they were 17th or 16th uh, in, in terms of the budget in the division. Uh, and for him to, to, to get that side where they, they finished that league shows to me that he could do a job on a budget and Leicester will be on a budget. It'd probably be the yeah. biggest budget in, in the championship, yes. but it certainly Allegedly. will be yeah. a budget. So, yeah. you know, I he, suppose the thing is, that. it also depends on his relationship with the board at Blackburn. And yeah, I, I, yeah. I've actually worked at Blackburn Rovers for, for six months, not the happiest six months of my time, but um, yeah, there, there we go. It, it seemed like a good idea at the time. <laughs> and, uh, um, it, it was interesting because I was living in Burnley, so I was taking my life in my hands every day I went to work. 
Um, there's a the rivalry within them. And the too. only other uh, ex-Premier League champion that's got relegated. And look what, you know, they've struggled to, to come well, back. Exactly, yes, exactly. Um, but this next one, I've got to say, well, sorry, what I was going to say was, it's whether John Doll looks at it and thinks, what can I achieve with Blackburn? And how does that compare to what I could possibly achieve with Leicester? You know, Leicester could bounce straight back up where Blackburn, it could still be a, a while before they come up. But yeah. talking about coming up, if it's not John Doll, this is somebody, again, probably my second choice, uh, Kieran McKenna. But he's mm-hmm. just brought Ipswich up. Um, he's had the experience there you can see at Spurs, if you call that experience, under 18s. Then the same at Man United, assistant manager at Manchester United, and great success. And again, it's another uh, another top club, really. Probably don't deserve to be as low as they were, but then the tables don't lie. Uh, Kieran McKenna. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's another rising prospect, isn't he? He's um, mm. somebody who's building his reputation rather than is coming with a, a an established reputation. Yeah. Uh, I just wonder whether it's too early for for, for, for Kieran um, myself in terms of the job that Leicester are taking on. It's a big leap. Mm. I know Ipswich are a big club, but they've been in the doldrums for such a long time. And he has done well there, extremely well. And he got the best out of George Hurst, who's uh, yes. just coming back to the club as well. I mean, he scored a few goals. I think he scored six or seven for him uh, on loan. Um, it feels like for George, it's uh, now or never, doesn't it? Really, now yeah, he's been at the club a few years now. Yeah. Is he going to do it, or does he need another loan? And if what's the point of another loan? He needs to mm. to stay. But yeah, Kieran McKenna be an interesting one. Another one out of left field. That one for me. This this one would rem- remind me a little bit of Martin O'Neill, not necessarily in style or anything like that, but again coming from a lower league yeah. club. Um, yeah. You know, Who's to say it wouldn't work? Who's you know? We don't know. You know they've got to do their homework on him. Yes, I mean whoever really we take on, it's a gamble. I mean you know, had Martin, you know, well, had it not been for Claridge's shin, who knows where we would have been or, or what might have happened. But those are my two. I've got to be honest with you in that order for the job because I think mm. the, the the young, hungry, and uh, they know they know those you know, those divisions. The next one is somebody that um, Scott's just mentioned on the back of what you were saying about Vincent Company. Uh, I'm not convinced. Um, been sacked by Eindhoven. Uh, he's obviously got the playing credentials. Uh, he was assistant manager for the Netherlands. Uh, Eindhoven under 19s went back as um, a, a, well at the same time possibly I think Netherlands assistant. PSG, so PSG, what am I saying? PSV, and um, he has just been let go. Mm. We're not going to get a Rude Van Nistelrooy, are we? Again, that would be a huge gamble because, you know, he's not really, I mean, he's obviously done a bit of an apprenticeship back in Holland, but, uh, and he comes with great experience of the Premier League, you know, he does know um, English football. be interesting seeing him and Vardy, wouldn't it? And yeah. um, Vardy taking his uh, his goal scoring record in the Premier League. Uh, but I'd, he's not one again that, that's been mentioned to me, but I'm sure he would have been pushed. He's out of work. It would be a great opportunity for him uh, to come and, and, and take over uh, at Leicester. But um, 
No, it's not one that's high up on my radar at the moment. I think if, for me, I think if we had, I mean, yeah, we're talking about budgets and what have you, but we do know we, we've got to cut our cloth accordingly. Uh, but, you know, the, the names that he could attract, just because it's like like with Vincent Company at Burnley, you know, how many of those players would have gone to Burnley if it had been, you know, uh, Sean Dyche still, you know, Um so, but I don't they... think it's so much the manager. I mean, the manager does obviously play a part uh, mm. in, in enticing players over, but I think Leicester don't have that problem in the championship because the players, the level that they'll be looking at now, the market that they will be in, and the money that they will be paying, um, they they will be probably a, a lot higher than anybody else in the championship, and and they have got Seagrave. As a backdrop yeah. to say, look, yes. come on, come and work here every day. Yeah. This is uh, pretty impressive. And I, I know, I think it was a little bit of a factor. The move was a little bit of a factor in in, in what happened um, this season because that lovely little bubble there at Beaver Drive, you know, where everybody sat with each other and had lunch together, you know, the, mm-hmm. the office staff and you know, the players and the under-18s and the 23s and... Even the chef, you know, yeah. that, that that sort of hat's naturally disappeared because it's a much more professional, mm. um, sanitised environment at Seagrave. But in time, that will be an asset. And yeah. and players will see that when they're walking, they'll be blown away by that. So I don't think that you need a figurehead manager like Ruud van Nistelrooy to entice signings. I suppose the days have long gone from um, Martin O'Neill reversing players onto the pitch at... uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yes, long gone. Yeah, long gone. I mean, the club is still very attractive for managers and players. Yes. Terry's asked here, are clubs going to let their managers go? Uh, That puts them in the position Leicester are now, no manager. I suppose yeah. it's down to money, isn't it, though? Yeah, it, it is, and down mm. to the, the manager, the individual manager yeah. themselves, whether they would push for mm. if they if, if Leicester came in, like John Dar Thomason, if Leicester came in for him now, whether his representatives would say, We want out, we, you yeah. know, if you'd negotiate a compensation package, we would like to go. Um, so it's not impossible by any stretch of the imagination to, to, to yeah. get a manager out of a contract if you wanted somebody that's already in employment. There's a lot of options out of employment as well, though. We're going to look at some of those in a second, but I just want to go back to a point uh, that you said earlier because um, it's the transfer window opens tomorrow, doesn't it? Yeah, but there's been deals being done for weeks. Up to oh, yeah. yes. it, oh, it's, it's, it's just a strange thing. It, yeah, man, you just file the paperwork on... on yeah the day that it opens but yeah you can do deals they they said not so long ago there wasn't that much of an urgency because we've got martin glover in place now and we're in a better position than we were because we had no recruitment director uh this time last season did we because it was on on gardening leave uh but we've got him in now but how soon do you think that decision needs to be made or how far is it away from being made what about the manager or the players? Yes, yeah, about the manager. Sorry, yeah. I think imminently. I think we'll we'll find out in, in the next few days. Really, uh, who wow. the next manager of, of Leicester City will be? I think they've been do, going through the interview process. Um, they will they will know who they want. Mm. 
pretty much now. I think, uh, and I'm just waiting to hear. <laughs> waiting <laughs> to hear. You know, if I can get wind of it, I'll, I'll I will let everybody know. But um, you've not got any yeah. holiday book then for the uh, next few days. The summer is harder than the football season <laughs> for us. Yeah, you can't plan, can you? No, yeah. you, you're constantly on the phone. It's all phone work. There's yeah. plenty to write about and talk about during the football season because you're watching mm. the games. And you yeah. go from game to game and you go from press conference to press conference. But when it's the closed season and people are on holiday, but the windows are open and there's deals to be done and you're expected to know um, everything and, and break yes. everything and the club doesn't yeah. want you to break everything, it yeah. can be very, very taxing. So this is like my, um, between now and the end of August, this is my busy season. Yeah. Well, um, some names there that we've not mentioned, um, but the, these were the these were the out. odds as per last night on Betfair on the Sun, and obviously as as we have to say now, uh, if you are thinking of putting a bet on it, don't do it just to try and get yourself out of any financial trouble. Uh, and when the fun stops, do stop. Um, but most of them there we, we've talked about. Um, the first one that we haven't, well, let, let, there's a couple there, Adi Hooter and Daniel Farke. Right, okay. Yeah. Uh, Adi Hooter was one that Build in Germany mentioned in April as somebody that Leicester were looking at. Yeah. So he is somebody I would not discount. Really? Daniel Farke probably... So I'm looking at this screen as, as at the same time as you guys. Uh, Daniel Farker, I probably would discount at the moment. Martin O'Neill, they've tried so many times to get him back and he's never been interested. Rafa Benitez, I think there was a feeling that um, that his style of play didn't suit the team. They tried for him when they brought in Dean. Mm. Um but I, I think the feeling was that um, he was there. He was available. They could have brought him in, but they felt that his style of play would have been too much of a jarring experience for the players. In hindsight, whether that's yeah. right, I don't know. Ralph Hasenhutl, well, we beat his team nine nil. So, but we also bought a couple of <laughs> and, and bought his two bought his two defenders and brought his um, <laughs> head of recruitment in as well. So yeah. And yeah, uh, I mean, just to get, I, I actually, um, a couple of seats, well, may, maybe 12 months ago, I wouldn't have sort of, because I think he was treated badly and didn't really get the support that uh, he probably no, deserved. No, he, he, he is actually, his reputation within the game is a lot higher than people outside of the game perceive. Mm. You know, he, Ralph Hassendoodle is seen as a really sort of innovative coach, somebody yeah. that can, you know, get um, get players, improve players. Because it's the thing about, um, you know, Brendan's time about, he always used to say that he was a, a developer of players and that he can improve players. And I, I did see that with James Madison, but I didn't see it in many others. Uh, but Ralph Hasenhutl has got that reputation that he can improve players. Um yeah, so he, he would be... I don't think he'd be high up the list. Michael Carrick is really developing his, his reputation. Uh, again, he's in a job. Um, so, again, but, is it not too soon, do you think? It might be. It might yeah. be for the job that 
that that le- that faces at Leicester. Patrick mm-hmm. Vieira again, like Van Nistelrooy, comes in with a big name, but that would probably be a big paycheck as well. Jesse Mars, I think we can discount. Marcello Bielsa, no chance. Unless he wants to take the under-23s for a season, because that's that tends to be his little his trend, isn't it, to, to get to know the club. Is that, he I mean, is, is that a bad thing, though? Because I loved watching Leeds under him. I loved watching Leeds under him. Because it, they were just... Um, they were like the Maverick team. Um, they, I've, ne- I've never seen a team play five up in attack. Well, do you remember Spurs under uh, Aussie Ardealers? Yes, I do. Well, in my neck of the woods, West Bromwich Albion under Aussie Ardealers, you know, it was like watching table football, you know, when you have two at the back, uh, three in midfield, five in attack, it was just like crazy. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, They may score four, but we're going to score five. Yeah. And and that's great. That's very entertaining, but... I don't think it really will get you to success as we no. saw last season because Leicester couldn't keep a clean sheet. And we're so... going to, I think, can we finally maybe put a nail in the lid and keep it shut on Martin O'Neill? I mean, I love him. He's a god. I'm reading his book at the moment uh, on days like these. A fascinating I read. I think so, yeah. But I, so. I always say that it's like people saying, we want Nigel Pearson back. But it's Nigel Pearson without Craig Shakespeare. You know, it's, mm. it, it would have been Martin O'Neill without John Robertson. And it's like, you know, Brian Clough without, and I've forgotten the guy's name and I feel really embarrassed, but um, I was Brian Clough's assistant manager for many years. Oh, um, yeah, I can't remember either. No. Uh, but you know what I'm saying? It, it, it's, it would never be the same because it's not the whole team coming back, is it? Mm. Yeah, but I wonder if Nigel came back with a shaky would come back with him. You don't. I mean, I'm, I'm surprised Nigel's name isn't on that list. Yes, yes. I because because if you're talking about somebody who knows the club, somebody who has built rebuilt squads twice mm. at Leicester, um, somebody who's had success at Leicester, knows the division. He's done it. Yeah, twice before. I mean, they always say never return, but he returned and did very, very well. In fact, this was a, we did a Leicester quiz the other day, and he's on his second stint as manager. He's got the highest win rate ever of any Leicester manager. So yeah, I mean, I mean, Brendan had a higher win rate than him until this season, and then yes. that, obviously his, his win rate went down, his percentage. Yeah. Terry, I'm going to uh, put you on the naughty step and you can go and sit on that naughty step for the next six months and you're not coming off it. Oh, Peter Taylor, yes. Peter Taylor, of course. I'm conscious of the time, so we'll make this the last one because I had forgotten about this gentleman, but I actually... um, I'll take care, he, he. Um, It's somebody that I'd actually be quite interested in. That's Mark Robbins at Coventry. Mm. Yeah, yeah, did very well at Coventry. Mm, with all the uh, things that have been going on there. Yeah. Again, he's not one that um, I've heard is in the mix, but, he, you know, he des- certainly deserves to be in the conversation. Um, mm. He's in a job, you know, you'd have to pay comp- compensation for him. And, I mean, I'm sure he'd be interested in that job. Um yeah. But he, yeah, it was, it was a fantastic job to get Coventry up. Whether he and, and what he's probably got to to weigh up is 
whether he can repeat that this season yeah. with the resources he's got at Coventry. Was that their chance? Was that their moment? And and they couldn't get across the line. Will it come again this this season? It becomes a challenge in the second uh, season after a, a, a campaign like that. So yeah, yeah, he he might be an, another one that you could talk, certainly talk about. And and there's a lot you could talk about. And I'm sure there's a lot of people that have been talking about a lot of candidates. Yeah, oh yeah, for the job. I, I honestly got you. you it is a different world on the inside of football than, a, than game on the of chess, outside, isn't it? Moving, it, it, you know, one moves. Well, forward, it's just a lot back. of. Yeah. It's like it, there's a lot of salesmanship going on, and and yeah. a lot of brinksmanship as well. And um, yeah, it's a very seeing it on the inside. Sometimes it's very very interesting. I'm sure. I am sure it is. Guys, look, subscribe to the um, to the Athletic. A pound a month. There's always offers on. I think it's a pound a month for the first however many months. Really good value. And you'll be able to see, well, any day now, Rob announcing who the new Leicester manager is. I hope so. Blimey, I hope so. They need to get cracking now, don't they, really? They do. They do. Look, I mean, like I said earlier, you know, we, we know that people have been to fault. People took their eyes off the ball. Maybe we slip, slip, you know, we sleepwalked into the championship. But... These are still the guys that took us to a Premier League win. Yes. Would be in the FA Cup, and you can say, you know, thanks to VAR or whatever. They got us fifth twice. You know, they, they, they've had more success than they've had failure. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. You know, exactly. you, there's been mistakes made, and they recognise that. But, you know, in Kuntop, you've still got um, an owner that cares. And that's the most important thing. There's yes. so many clubs that have got owners that just want to make money mm. or they don't care. They're, there's other ulterior motives. Um, you've got a genuine ownership. Um, Sudan Whelan is a good businesswoman, you know, so that the, the, the business model be, will be sound. That's why they're not making a load of redundancies at the football club because it, it still can run itself. I know John Rudkin's getting a lot of criticism, but he was the same director of football that was, you know, that pointed Brendan Rodgers and they won the FA Cup and got into Europe uh, yeah. a couple of years. We nearly went close to Champions League qualification. So just give people chance just to 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 learn from mistakes and, and develop and grow because you, you never stop learning. Yeah. I certainly and don't. I've got to say thank you to Terry Payne. Yeah, Peter Taylor. That was the one that we could Yeah, it was Peter of. Taylor. Yeah. yeah, how could we forget Peter Taylor? How could we? How could we? Um, I should know it reading, but you know about Martin O'Neill. I'm still, I'm still at his Nottingham Forest part of his book at the moment, so I should have, should have remembered that one. Uh, look, Rob, thank you so very, very much, mate, for coming on and talking. To us. There was a, there was a few to get through, and I'm sure after everything we've said, it will be somebody totally left field. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah. Know. I, I, I would be very interested to see who it is because they've got a big, big job. They have, uh, and yeah. I wish them all the luck in the world because <laughs> I, I, I just want to. I know a lot of fans are saying, "Oh, it's not going to be too bad a, a season in the championship, going to, to to different grounds and stuff like that." And 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 I enjoyed my experience covering the championship, but I've had a taste of the Premier League now, and I want to go back. You have, and I think the thing for me is, it, it, in a way, and, and I'm sorry, I'm, I'm will let you go in a second. I do apologise, but it's all right. you know, when, we, when we went down to League One, hmm. it was. It's a bit like that in as much as 
we've got to have this clear out because you know financially there's players we've got to let go. We are going to lose a lot of players because other clubs are going to come in for them. But when we went down to from from the Championship to League One, it was almost like we needed that reset. Yes, and this feels very yeah good point because this feels very similar. Mm. You know, um, the, the club for for a while before, uh, and I wasn't covering the club then. I was covering over in the West Midlands. Yeah. Um, but from what I, I know, the the club, you know, obviously. It come down from the Premier League. There was a lot of high wages, and they slowly reduced that and reduced that. And then they dropped through the trap door into League One for the first time in the club's history. And it just needed that reset. Yeah. That's why I mentioned about Nigel Pearson because he was the, mm. the one that came in and did that reset. Yeah. And then when they came, Sven came in and they spent a lot of money on players and, and I was covering the club then. And they were spending a ridiculous amount of players. I remember going on a pre-season tour um, we went to Austria and then we went to Sweden yeah. and it felt like there was a new player coming every other day. Uh, <laughs> it was just like ridiculous. And then they obviously, it would have taken that team time to gel yeah. and they weren't taking time. They were, you know, they were, they were, they were sorry, they were taking time, but it wasn't gelling. And then they brought Nigel back and, 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 he, and he just went systematically through that squad got out the deadwood, got out the high earners. That's mm. I remember him saying that to, to us as well, saying, you know, there's big reputations, but but there's also big wages. So I just I just want big players. And um and he changed it. And then, you know, you saw the players that started to come in, you know, Ria Myers, Vardy, Morgan, drink water, you know. That was the yeah. team that won the title. So I'll be crying. I'll be crying in a minute. But uh, yeah, well, been ma- this is the thing. This yeah. is the thing, Chris. It's been. Yeah. I know this is a sad moment in Leicester's history, but it's been an amazing, amazing period. You know, in the club's history, we will look back at it when they do the next Fossils and Foxes, which is on the bookcase behind me. And, yeah. You know they they will look back on the the yeah they will look back on um on this. This period has been the greatest. I, I did time a show in Leicester City's history. After we got, yeah, I did a show after we got relegated on the Premier League years, and it it's amazing. I mean, I joked about Spurs before, but you know, there's some big club like you know Aston Villa. They would have loved to have had half the success we've had. You know, it's Newcastle. I never thought Newcastle exactly. Yeah. I I never thought I would see my club lift the Premier League and I would have been happy if we'd have come third or fourth like I say I never thought I would be crying in some stranger's arm at the end of a, you know we've got when we were presented with the trophy yeah. or, or, or or hugging my son when we won the FA Cup or I mean the chills that went down my spine and again I never thought I'd spend days like this with my son listening to the Champions League music in a quarter final of a you know champ of the Champions League Amazing years, and we have to hold on to those. And that's football; it comes yeah. and go, but hopefully, it comes back again. And cherish those moments. The FA Cup reaching us. I mean, my, one of my most spine tingling moments was covering Leicester in the semi-final of the Conference League second leg in Rome because the atmosphere was just mm. astonishing. And to go to a city like that and 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 work yeah. and and cover Leicester City was just um, just extraordinary. But all of the trips. Have been amazing to go and see Leicester training pre-season in LA yes. and standing on the side of the pitch watching 
Claudio Ranieri berate his players for not pressing hard enough in, in a training session and then looking down the line and seeing Engelbert Humperdinck having a <laughs> chat with Alan Birchnell uh, and then trying to drive across LA in, in heavy traffic to to, to uh, Will Ferrell, the movie yeah. star, ha- yeah. taking penalty shootout against Christian Fuchs and Shinji Okazaki. Those are surreal moments. Yes, yeah. Watching Christian oh. Fuchs decide he's going to do a Baywatch re- uh, return it, uh, on Santa Monica <laughs> Beach, oh, jumping no. in the ocean like uh. an idiot. Yeah, they're all I've, I've heard. I've heard Rotherham's very nice in, <laughs> in yeah. late uh, uh, late spring. We'll but, have to we'll have to forge some different memories. This we season. will, and there'll be memories. There will be memories. Yeah. Rob, thank you so very very much for sparing the time to come on. Thank you, and um, I will speak again soon. I'm sure, but uh, I'm not going to sleep now for 48 hours. I'm going to keep one yeah. eye on the computer. I'll be refreshing. Yeah. Refreshing the athletic page every two seconds. I, I'm hoping by the end of this week you'll you'll have your new man in charge. It will be great. It will be great. Thanks very much, uh, Rob. All the best to you and your family. Take care. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye now. Bye bye. Thanks very much to Rob. Athletic one pound a month subscription, and it is one of the best reads. I tell you, if you like your sports, honestly, football. Not just Leicester, it is uh, I've been subscribed now for every year. I absolutely love it. Do get over there and subscribe. And don't forget, coming up, um, we have got the big fat Leicester quiz. Brad is next up. Uh, he is the king, the quiz king, uh, not the Wayne version, I have to be honest with you. Uh, that's coming up next week. And tomorrow, we have got the, um, the, the, the transfer show. I know it's not going to be transfer deadline day or anything like that, but it's just a bit of fun, uh, and that's coming up. We'll be talking about possible signings, possible letting goes. We're going to bring a lot of those this summer as well, isn't there? But uh, thanks very much for everybody. Say especially thanks to Rob. Um, I've been Chris. This has been Leicester Till I Die TV, and this one is Arnie. Good night. Thanks for watching. These videos are tremendous. You'd better like them too, or I'll be back. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. That will conclude this evening's entertainment. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? A participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.